welcome to episode 34 of Roll the Credits Podcast with Aaron and Brian. On this week's episode, we have a few reviews for you guys. We have Long Shot, the new Seth Rogen movie, uh, Mountain Theaters, as well as a review for Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, the new Netflix film starring Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. Uh, we'll also be dropping a small Triple Frontier review that was requested from one of our listeners uh, this week. So we'll drop one of those in there as well. Uh, and typical fashion, you know, we'll have our uh, little news of the week here at the top. Uh, some really fun things to discuss on that end. Oh, and yeah. at the end, we'll be doing a top five this week instead of a normal top ten. We'll be doing top five Seth Rogen uh, movies slash TV shows. Um, so that's something to look forward to as we go through here. Uh, Brian, how's your week been going? Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, some moves twice. I uh, got to, I went down to my family in Virginia this weekend and got back this afternoon. Uh, went hiking yesterday. It was a good time. It's been a good week so far. All right. Yep. You had a nice vacation here on the weekend. So that's, it wasn't a vacation. It is a vacation. Know. Uh, listeners, if you're out there, let us know. In your, in your opinion, is it a vacation if you're going out of state more than two hours away and staying the night somewhere? I consider that a vacation. Yeah, see, that's just visiting family. I don't, I don't consider that a vacation. So, uh, I, to we'll me, see if it's, anybody it's responds. A vac- that's a vacation. But um, we'll see if anybody responds to that. And yes, they can weigh in. Uh, well, you're already outvoted <laughs> at the, the table, the Cadoba table. So, I mean, well, <laughs> what? well uh, people weigh in, give us, give us, your yeah, thoughts. weigh in, let us know. I would consider it a vacation. Brian does not, but anyway, yeah, I went down, went down there yesterday <laughs> afternoon. They live outside of, they live, uh, Harrisonburg outside of and where JMU is. I also the live Jeff outside of Harrisburg, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Ah. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, stayed the night there and came back this afternoon. So, I mean, it was visiting family, so I wouldn't call that a vacation, but you let us know. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Saturday could have gone better for me. Uh, you know, Thursday we went to see Longshot. Friday I stayed home that evening and, and watched Extremely Wicked, which we'll get to later on with both of those. Saturday was a really bad day for me. I opted not to go down to Baltimore for Star Wars night, which I was really looking forward to because they were calling for rain most of the night. There was flash flood war- or watches in effect. So I was like, oh, I don't want to make the hour and a half drive down there. Um, plus, like the, the standard giveaway item was just a an Orioles BB-8 beanie, and it's like I don't really wear a beanie, so that wouldn't have mattered. Oh, I thought um, he was a Jedi bobblehead. It is, but that was if you did the the pregame package and stuff like that with a catered meal and stuff. Like, that was what I was going to do, but I didn't want to spend the money on it Mm -hmm. in this case. And so I didn't go down and I missed like a very quick two and a half hour baseball game where the Orioles actually looked really good. Um, (laughs) So that's awesome. And it small minor inconvenience that i lost two hundred dollars on horse racing because the kentucky derby is a bunch of frauds okay (laughs) i'm so if you're unfamiliar with what happened and i'm not i'm not a horse racing expert i watch six minutes of it every year in triple crown races (laughs) but i bet two hundred dollars total on I think four or five horses, you all the favorites pretty much like 50 on each or so. Um, and one of the favorites named maximum security, which that's a damn fine name for a racehorse <laughs> thought, well, that's maximum security for my wallet. And he won. But then nine minutes later, they said he didn't win. And they gave it to second place saying that first place was disqualified. And because the horse ran out, it's a horse. It doesn't know that it's doing illegal <laughs> things by racing. Like I, I'm so uh, uh, I don't know anything about horse racing, but to me, it's bullshit that I lost 200 bucks on this <laughs> race yesterday. Uh, when I thought I was up $300 from when all was said and done. Um, 
So I'm very upset with horse racing and I don't ever want to watch it again. So that's <laughs> where I stand on that. So oh, man. Uh, hopefully there's some justice out there um, and no, I can he, get my he, money. He raced a few years ago. What? Justice. Did he win a few years ago? There was never a horse named Justice that won a Kentucky Derby. I can guarantee that. There was one called Justify the last year that won. That's um, that's what it was. And I bet on him, and he won. So there this go. is this is literally, figuratively speaking, and reality, it's horseshit. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that this outcome happened. I digress. That's been the weekend for me. Uh, it's been nice, cold, and rainy up here in PA, like yeah, like normal. Yeah, it so. Is. Anyway, let's get into the news for the week. <laughs> Biggest news, probably, uh, Avengers Endgame has now officially taken number two all-time box office, uh, surpassing, as of this morning, Titanic on Sunday, if you're listening to this, um, which is huge. Uh, I, you know, I've been saying that, you know, it needs to come within 500 to 600 million of Avatar within this weekend with Detective Pikachu, John Wick 3, Aladdin, and Godzilla um, up next the next four weeks. It still has, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday um, before Thursday. Domestic openings for Pikachu comes out. Uh, I think foreign... I believe Pikachu comes out earlier, but I could be wrong. Um, so we'll end up seeing what happens with that, but that is a good sign. It's number two all time. It's been out it. for 12 days or so 12 days yeah um yeah i mean it it blew past avatar in terms of getting to 2 billion like oh, the record and this, stuff like that so i love that the record avatar had set was in 46 days is how long it took them to get to 2 billion and endgame just did it in 12 like, yeah i mean and and i think that contributes a lot of, i i do see a lot of people saying you know oh well like it's gonna shine and it's like Still, like, Avatar had, like, a 34-week run where it was in at least, like, one or two theaters at, like, it was out for a long time. And and Endgame's going to still have a long theatrical run of probably another month and a half to two months. Um, But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a killer lineup coming up. And I don't know how Pikachu will do domestically. Um, It will be a hit worldwide, and that'll definitely hit um, Endgame a good bit. I think Pikachu will be successful. Aladdin, I could see bombing um, just because I think a lot of the previews might. I don't know. This is just my opinion, and I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe more <laughs> people are excited for this than I am. But I could see Aladdin sort of bombing. John Wick's going to make a ton of money, especially here in the States. Oh, yeah. Um, and Godzilla is going to be huge uh, when that drops. So we'll see. Uh, it's going to have a long run, but if, as long as it's within 500 to 600 million, I could see it still topping here. And it looks like it's going to end the weekend, probably somewhere close to 500. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's good news. You Fingers know, crossed. Yeah. Terminate Cameron. Um, yeah, let, let's get this. Let's get those stupid Smurf aliens out of there. Let's get them out. Um, up until today, the biggest news of the week, Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> this looks like an effing disaster. I oh. just... Uh, oh, trailer man. released for this week. Um, and awful. I mean, Sonic just doesn't... I mean, the outline of the character in terms of it being blue. Uh, yeah, I guess they got that part it, right. But it looks like a human just wearing a sonic morph suit yeah he's just got he's got these like very long skinny legs he's wearing pumas for some reason like i he doesn't have the big eyes like the the i mean and he has human teeth i (laughs) i just (laughs) it it looked way too human for sonic like i don't know what they were thinking they dropped images of sonic and it got berated when they dropped images before and they didn't do anything about it it was like two months ago or so um but the director jeff fowler took twitter and announced that they are redesigning sonic and making proper adjustments to the character which thank goodness uh it's a cgi character so it should be much easier to do as opposed to like reshooting things uh but yeah i mean it just doesn't look like Sonic and it, dropping this trailer like a week before detective Pikachu comes out, which everybody is saying, you know, my God, like the visuals in this look awesome. The CGI, the characters look 
lifelike and just like they do it in the video game and then you drop this hunk of shit it just <laughs> i guess <laughs> it looks so good uh, yeah it i mean it, i i don't know it looks awful it's scheduled for a november 8th release and i feel like it might end up getting pushed back from there um depending Which, on how long wanna, this takes if they want to redo it right you know they probably should consider pushing it because we all know how stuff has happened in the past when they try and redo stuff in a time crunch. It doesn't work out well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really don't know what they're going to end up doing with this. It just, it looks like a disaster. The uh, CGI and stuff in it, not just um, Sonic, but the, the whole movie just doesn't look good. The trailer doesn't look good. For some reason, the... Gangster's Paradise is playing in the background. I don't under, I don't Jim... understand what they're trying to do with this film. And I have noted. And, also, like Jim Carrey is playing Doctor Robotnik or whatever is the big famous villain from the Sonic game series, who's a big fat guy with a big old orange beard, and Jim Carrey is just skinny Jim Carrey, and they give him a little thin black mustache and slicked back hair. Like it looks nothing like the character. Well, now it we we'll, we will see because at the very end of the trailer they show him as more like that with at least the with the bigger mustache, mustache yeah. and stuff and I, I don't know we'll end up seeing what happens I, uh, I don't know this trailer just looks awful if you haven't seen it like i don't even know if i want to stay search it out like um i don't know it just doesn't look good um we're gonna end up I'm seeing it probably see but it's, gonna be now. it's i don't think this has any chance of being a, su- a successful video game uh, movie recreation not a chance no way it's over a 30 percent run to me at the way it is right now i wouldn't even go to 20 i think this thing is gonna be awful <laughs> yeah. uh but we'll end up seeing um in other news angelina jolie is set to star in taylor sheridan's those who wish me dead um taylor sheridan of course famous for movies such as wind river and um hell or high water i believe is another one she joins the mm-hmm. cast that includes Tyler Perry, John Bernthal, who plays the Punisher, and Nicholas Holt, who plays Beast, I believe, in the X-Men movies, and uh, J.R.R. Yep. Tolkien in the upcoming Tolkien film. Um, Correct. It is based on a best-selling book by Michael Corita, which is described as a hard-boiled chase thriller set against a wildfire in the Montana wilderness. This sounds right up Taylor Sheridan's alley. Uh he For does sure. really like I, that's one thing I really like is a, a very um, dynamic, like Western frontierish uh, esque movies. Uh, Wind River was like that with the like Alaskan ish, like deep winterish feel to it. Highway or Hell or High Water and stuff like that is more like a Western, like out in the uh, valleys and stuff like that. Texas like, yeah, out in, in the plains and stuff. Um, he does a really good job with landscapes like that. So this will be interesting and I'll be on board to watch it. Yeah, it sounds cool to me. I, and it's a good cast so far, so I like it. Okay. Um, Suicide Squad 2, uh, round two update. Oh, uh, David Dasmalkian, who has been in Prisoners and you'll probably know him from the Ant-Man 1 and 2 um, movies. He is set to play Polka Dot Man. Which is a villain with super-powered polka dots. Um, Greatest Batman villain ever. <laughs> this, I mean, uh, okay. I mean, I'm sort of interested to see this character because it's so weird. Um, and to kind of throw him in there with... I don't, I don't know. I feel like John this Cena. is right up James Gunn's alley. Uh, I mean, he managed to make us love a talking tree and raccoon um so i'll be interested to see what this ends up as <laughs> yeah i mean and I what like, these polka dots do exactly i think they explode if i if i remember correctly like that makes creates that makes them sense. throws them and they explode if i remember reading correctly but uh i mean he's hilarious in the ant-man movies um uh, being on uh his heist crew or whatever so i think he'll fit right in with this and with james gunn so i'm excited for it all right, Kevin Hart is remaking South Korean comedy Extreme Job. Uh, he will be producing and probably likely starring in 
the remake of the South Korean film about an undercover narcotics detective who works at a fried chicken restaurant to stake out a <laughs> sus- suspected crime gang, but the stakeout turns takes a turn when he is un- when he has unexpected business success. Oh boy! <laughs> um, oh wow! The Korean version uh, actually released earlier this year and is has become the highest grossing South Korean film of all time. Um, is it under the same name? I got to look this up. I think so. It might be. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I didn't do all that much deep diving into it. Um, don't know much about this. It sounds sort of intriguing, um, but we'll end up seeing what happens with it. The Kevin Hart movies are kind of hit and miss with me. So, um, Oh man. What? This is, Okay, so just the brief synopsis in IMDb for the Korean one says, a police undercover operation takes a delicious yet unexpected turn. (laughs) Oh, and then the poster has them. It says, a groundbreaking investigation you've never tasted before. Amazing. And the the tagline under it, under the extreme job is, part-time frying chicken, full-time undercover. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh yeah i mean it sounds sort of interesting like i love how this just like released this year became the highest grossing movie and like kevin hart was just like let's do it let's make let's make an english (laughs) remake it yeah um so i don't know it's that synopsis sounds pretty delicious i guess would be the proper (laughs) proper proper phrasing for that oh that was corny as hell i apologize uh but yeah i mean we'll see what happens with it um Lastly, what I have here, uh, Fantastic Beast 3 has been officially pushed back to 2021. Um, so long, farewell. I don't Thank give goodness. a shit. Um, I just don't care about this franchise. It's, oh, I mean, after the second one, the second one was not good. I mean, ex- I, making Johnny Depp front and center being the bad guy just really wasn't the best decision on the franchises neither was hiring eddie redmayne to play the main character (laughs) well okay i know you don't like him but he does fit the role because he's socially awkward in real life and in this role so but like bravo they they wanted to do five movies of this franchise and the second one just bombed like got bad reviews it still made money because it's within the harry potter world and everything but they need to fix this in the third movie or I don't, it's not going to go on to a fourth or fifth. Like it's, if it, I don't know, it was just bad. I hope they can fix it, but it, I, I guess that's why they pushed it to 2021. Cause the second one was just so bad. They needed to rewrite the entire third one. Yeah. I mean, I could see them cutting this down to three or four movies. I mean, I could see them making this one. And if it's not successful, they just say, look, you got one, one more just four you're done and you're out i could see him cutting at least that fifth one out if it if this second one bombs which uh that's what's gonna happen when you got eddie redmayne as your main your lead i digress um brian uh, i'll pass it over to you you have any news for uh, everybody this week yeah i just got one other thing uh some marvel news uh, involving hulu uh, they announced earlier in the week that they will be creating uh, two shows for Hulu. Uh, one will be a Ghost Rider uh, TV show and a Hell- Hellstrom. Sorry, I lost it in the article. Hellstrom, which is a brother and sister kind of de- not demonic, but like anti-heroes or whatever. But the big part about this is having a Ghost Rider series. Um, Gabriel Luna will be starring as the Ghost Rider, which he was the ghost rider in ages of shield they had a two seasons ago they had the storyline with him and he did a great job this isn't connected at all but even though it's still you know disney marvel or whatever um and he's reprising the role but i mean i'm excited for it i think he did a really good job in ages of shield and seeing this onto hulu then getting its own series uh i think it'll be good they just announced this week so i'm assuming 2020 um would want to would come out but I'm down for it. All right. Uh, the only other thing I really have is I did forget. Um, I guess John Cena is now officially in the Fast or Fast and Furious franchise. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. I don't care. Uh, the Rock didn't get me to watch those movies. John Cena sure is how he get me to watch those movies. That's true. Um, so that's kind of where I stand there. Anyway, 
let's get into our reviews. Uh, we'll kickstart it here with Triple Frontier, um, a Netflix film that I believe came out in early. I think it was end of March is when it came yeah, out. Yeah, March. That sounds about right. Um, starring Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, uh, Pedro Pascal, it's Garrett Hedlund, uh, and Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> drawing a real blank there. Um, anyway, I guess like the, the basis of the film is they're all ex army buddies or military buddies, um, who get together to do a heist in the Brazilian jungle, I believe, or something like that. It's like South America or so. Um, anyway, to like steal a bunch of money and stuff, it seems I, I think I ended up giving it a 75. I did enjoy the film. Um, and I know a lot of people drew comparisons to Lone Survivor, and I can certainly see that um, on a scale. Um, it's very, it's weird because in terms of a heist movie, you expect the first half to be a little bit slow and then the second half to be like more packed with action. And it's weirdly opposite where a lot of the action and stuff takes place in the first half of the film. It's true. While the second half is a bit slow um, and can kind of tell you off. Uh, But I enjoyed it all around. I think it's a really good cast for what they were aiming to do in terms of like a more military style operation stuff. Um, The right people, I think they got cast for it. Uh, I thought, I think it was enjoyable and it did tail off a bit. And if, if it didn't, I probably would have scored it a bit higher, but I did enjoy it. It's definitely one of the better Netflix films I've seen in the past year or so. Um, and that's all I really have. Uh, I don't, I didn't write down our combo score, but I think it might be in the seventies or so. Yeah, I got, it. yeah, it's a uh, 72.2 is the combo. Okay. Score. Not bad. Not bad. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I really have for it. Um, I definitely recommend it if you have Netflix. I mean, it's free. So yeah. I mean, check it out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I liked sure. it. I, I enjoyed it. I think uh, I also gave it a 75. Um, Oscar Isaac did a really good job. He was kind of the lead of those five. Um, ben Affleck was kind of Ben Affleck as he's been recently. You know, kind of as <laughs> throughout the movie, he was kind of hit or miss. Like had some strong points, but then also flailed some. But like you said, I do remember like at the point that the heist is happening. I like looked at my watch or I like looked at the time stamp and it was only like 40 minutes into the movie, if that. And then the lulled in the second half. So I was really surprised by that. Um, but it was a really well done movie. The, it was shot really well, like being all in the jungle and then into the, the mountains, the Andes mountains. Um, it would have been really cool to see on the big screen with all the action and just kind of, uh, blanked on the word I was going to use, but kind of going through, um, the wilderness to try and escape uh, after the heist, but it was an enjoyable movie. It was definitely of the Netflix movies on the the better end. Uh, sorry, I mean I haven't. I was two months ago that I watched this almost. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I recommend it. As like I said, it was seventy seventy two point seven combo score, uh, or seventy two point two. Sorry, uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. Nice little brief recap there. Alrighty. Um, I think it also uh, has writing credits for from Mark Bowl, who uh, I believe has also uh, at least co-written uh, The Hurt Locker. I think Lone Survivor might have been one. I'm not sure if Zero Dark Thirty was one. Um, I know, and I think he he was also a journalist before he did writing for um, doing a lot of like uh, war journalism and stuff like that. So um, I think that adds a lot to why the 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 script and stuff for it was pretty good um in terms of how everything flowed together um as a guy who kind of has more knowledge into um those types of things because the movie does while you know not necessarily the middle of a war um it does definitely have those tendencies in terms of the way the movie is kind of shot as they kind of make their way through mountains and um all that sorts of stuff in the jungle and stuff um and trying you know not to get killed by cartel members and all this various things so uh i think that definitely adds a lot to it but yeah i mean i enjoyed it for sure um but if that's all we have for triple frontier then uh we'll move on into long shot which we saw on thursday yes um i ended up giving it an 85 
The synopsis for it is when Fred Flarsky, yes, that is that is Seth Rogen's name. name in the film, uh, reunites with his first crush, one of the most influential women in the world, Charlotte Field. He charms her. As she prepares to make a run for the presidency, Charlotte hires Fred as her speechwriter and sparks fly. Um, it is from director Jonathan Levine, who has also done The Night Before and Fifty Fifty, two other Seth Rogen films, um, and stars obviously Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Um, I surprise, surprise. I mean, I enjoyed a Seth Rogen movie, um, which I do a lot outside of the Green Hornet. Um, but <laughs> in general, I thought it was a unique take on the rom com genre in terms of you know uh theron's character charlotte field is running for presidency you know he becomes a speechwriter for and stuff um and it kind of it has a lot of fun real life spoofs on politics and stuff which a lot of the times can be moaning like a a big groan in a lot of movies recently because it's like we get it like we want to escape things like this they spoof Fox and friends with Paul Shears, like mini cameos throughout the film, which are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those are great. Um, and just in general, like they spoof um, the big heads at like Fox news and stuff with Andy Serkis's character. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you knew you, you knew the guy, but you just couldn't place it. And of course, I... like he's heavily made out makeup and stuff. It, I didn't realize like, it was him until the end credits rolled and they had his name. Yeah. Like I know. And same here. But like seeing him in the movie, I was like, I know who that is. You recognize but him. Yeah. It's just it. like, I was like, who is that? I've seen or heard that person before. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's heavily makeup in it and that's pretty entertaining. You have Alex Skarsgård who's playing Canadian <laughs> prime minister, which is, uh, another hilarious sub character throughout, uh, yeah. um, June Diane Raphael plays kind of the, um, uh, main ass- head assistant to Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Like a head assistant for her character and stuff. She's pretty funny. It's kind of the, the one trying to prevent you know everything from happening um between fred flarsky and charlotte field i can't get over um, that name uh, yeah flarsky. i know it's it's such a seth rogan name for a character too like it's like this guy is so average his name is fred flarsky like he's a loser <laughs> like like oh. it, that's incredible um but in general i mean it offers a ton of laughs and i thought most of the jokes throughout hit um really well and the last thing I really have, not really an indication on the film, but we had such a weird audience that we saw this movie with. Oh, man. A lot of older people that I'm not sure knew what they were getting into. Um, there. Uh, that was kind of weird. Like, I, I legitimately thought for the longest time that, like, we were in the wrong theater. Like, they, they gave us, like, the ticket number was wrong. Um, well, And also the fact that we sat in a the theater for an hour. They forgot because, we were like, in that theater, too. <laughs> they forget they gotta stop doing that we went to see missing link and they forgot to turn off the the main lights in the theater like the the big lights um for the first like couple minutes um and then this one they just forgot to even start they... it so we had to sit through the the half hour of commercials like, like not even the trailers like, like the like tv commercials that are just awful like yeah I, like the the things that we sat through for avengers we had to reset through again but not by choice because it's not like we got to see long shot an hour before the movie started. Like it just, why can't you speed through that? Like, oh man. I mean, we got like a fistful of American capitalism. Just that's what we paid for <laughs> for the first half yeah, hour we were there. Showtime was seven, and the trailers didn't even start till nearly seven thirty. Like, yeah, the movie didn't start until seven fifty. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, it was kind of a bummer because I was like, "Oh, a two-hour movie! Like, it'll be nice to get home at like nine thirty or so." Yeah. Nope, not getting out of theater till nine forty-five. It was also 10 like o'clock, the so. AC, which something was broken in there. It was roasting. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, we got the tiny theater. Obviously, Avengers is taking up multiple theaters, which so makes sense. That's fine, whatever um but yeah i mean that could have definitely been better but that that's my take on the movie i mean i i enjoyed it a lot i think this political spoofs actually hit in this film where they don't a lot of the time for a lot of things and um yeah i mean that's all i really got for it yeah um i enjoyed the movie i gave it a, a 75 uh which is you know not quite as high as you did um seth rogan is typically very funny i think 
uh, his roles are always very similar. Like he has, I mean, which he has his own kind of humor, which fits in a lot of the stuff. But he, you know, is always the, I mean, this is who he is, the fat guy that isn't always liked by everybody, but is funny and makes the jokes off of that. Um, he's what the best way I can describe it is he's what Adam Sandler would be if Adam Sandler movies were good. Basically, um, <laughs> everything kind of feels the same, but like more entertaining. That, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, I think Charlize Theron did a great job. Um, they, Rogan and Theron, did a good job. They had some pretty decent chemistry together. Um, like you said, a lot of the political spoofs were really funny. Um, like he didn't mention like the the president, which was played by um, <laughs> oh, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk from uh, you know Breaking Bad oh. and Better Call Saul. He How he's an actor it? turned president, and he like played a president on a TV show, and and I think he's still playing the that president on a TV show. I don't, yeah, um, I don't know, but then like <laughs> I don't know, it was just really funny um, with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I I did enjoy it probably a little bit more than I thought I would. It was um good rom com, not like not like a typical rom com because there's a lot of like political stuff in it, and a lot more humor because it's Seth Rogen rather than your typical like lovey dovey rom coms. But um, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. It was pretty good overall. Definitely got a lot of good laughs out of it. Um, I was surprised not to see some older people walk out due to some of the the crude humor in it, but uh. <laughs> Well, actually, there was the trailers beforehand leading up to um, after the Booksmart trailer and a trailer for Good Boys, uh, an older woman walked out. I guess she didn't realize what she had gotten herself into or whatever and was like, no, I'm not waiting. I'm not sitting for this movie and left, which was funny, I thought. But uh, and and real fast, if you don't know what Good Boys is, check out the trailer for it. I think it's one that's produced by Seth Rogen. I could be yeah, wrong on it that. Is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like a crude humor, like sixth grade. It's three. It's probably three like, sixth yeah, graders like and sixth it's, or seventh grade or whatever. But it's Seth Rogen's crude humor. <laughs> it's it's some crude humor in it, but it looks hilarious, and I'm pretty excited for I think it. That comes out in um, August, and I could definitely understand like why that would turn some people off. Um, <laughs> seeing the kids doing stuff like that maybe i can understand that um but yeah yeah that was a weird theater we were in yeah. for that one but uh yeah there's not much else i'll say it was but uh yeah i, I enjoyed the movie there at a, a 75 for me all righty um next up we have extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile um, a courtroom frenzy ensues and sweeps 1970s America when a young single mother reluctantly tips the attention of a widespread manhunt towards her longtime boyfriend, Ted Bundy. Um, this is from director Joe Berlinger, uh, Berlinger, who has done the Paradise Paradise Lost trilogy as well as Metallica, some kind of monster. Um, he is a fantastic documentary director. Definitely seek him out if you're into documentaries, especially true crime and stuff like that, or Metallica. Um and it stars Lily Collins and Zac Efron in the film. Um, I ended up giving this an 80. Uh, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. And even after watching it, I wasn't entirely sure about it. Uh, obviously, uh, if you know me, you know my love of uh, reading true crime stuff and like and all that sorts of stuff. Um, but I did. I enjoyed it a good bit. After I sat on it, I really thought about it. And I'm a firm believer that every actor or actress generally has a role that they were probably destined to play, um, at some point throughout their career. Maybe not everyone gets to, um, but you, when you see it, you kind of see it like Robert Downey Jr. I think, uh, Tony Stark, like he was destined to play that role, I yeah. think. Um, but for Zac Efron, it was Ted Bundy. I mean, <laughs> he, I don't really know if there's any other role I've enjoyed Zac Efron in, to be completely honest with you. Um, maybe his character in Neighbors, um, but I mean, he does such a great job of kind of bringing the, the disturbing, charming personality of Ted Bundy to the big screen. Um, obviously, like if you've read into anything about it, like you understand like why he kind of got off um, on some of the stuff he did before finally getting caught and stuff like that. His, his personality was really 
kind of deranged, but also very charming. And a lot of young women in the 70s and 80s, you know, really kind of idolized him uh, as kind of a beautiful human being. Like he couldn't possibly do things like that. Um, and I think Berlinger toes the line of not over glorifying Ted Bundy, uh, but still being able to show his dark, disturbing and charming personality kind of throughout the film, which is key. And a lot of people can look at that and say, well, you're, you know, you're over glorifying, you know, a serial killer, but uh, you kind of have to put a, a shine a spotlight on the character in order to understand him because of, like I said, the way his personality kind of worked. Um, but I think he does a good job and it kind of is more of a vehicle for Lily Collins um, and her character as the longtime girlfriend who kind of spotlights Ted Bundy throughout um, and, and kind of tips, as I said, in the synopsis um, kind of tips the attention towards him. Uh, and, and I do think it's a good, unique take on, on the story overall. It is based on a real novel by um, Elizabeth Kendall, which is a pseudonym um, for uh, the real-life girlfriend um, of Ted Bundy. Um, but yeah, I, I never read the book, as I can say for almost every movie I've ever watched. Um, but <laughs> wow. yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Gave it an 80. If you have Netflix, definitely seek it out. I know this was... Uh, one that a lot of people were waiting waiting for um and once it kind of hit i know a lot of people went and saw it but definitely go check it out if you haven't yet i think it's pretty interesting um and in terms of not over glorifying you know they don't really show you you know a lot of the murders or anything like that throughout like it's not that kind of movie which i don't know might you know some people will probably look at the movie and be like oh well this is gonna happen and if it doesn't happen you know they don't enjoy it but I don't know. I, I liked it and I, I'm glad they kind of didn't include that side to it. And yeah. Um, I, I enjoy the movie probably a little bit more than I thought I would. Uh, I also gave it an 80. Um, Zach Efron, I think he just, like you said, he did a great job of kind of capturing the charming yet also creepiness of, of Ted Bundy. Um, and just really fit the role. That's probably the best acting we've seen from uh, Zac Efron. Um, it, I was bouncing between a 75 and 80 when given this, but then I thought to myself, like, during, like, while I'm watching the movie, like, we know, like, Ted Bunny was this hor horrific person that did all these things and killed all these women and everything. But it's like, you're watching this. And there was a few times I was like, did he do it? Like, th like they were kind of painting in a way that, like, well, with his acting and how he was trying to persuade everybody against it. And 95% of the movie, he's adamant about like, he didn't do it like in everything, even though like, we know he did and stuff, but like, I think that was a, a trip, a good way of how it was directed and how it was acted that I was like, I would have to catch myself. Be like, wait, no, he definitely did it. Like, don't think he didn't do it. Like he was a terrible person. Um, and like you said, the the director did have a really good balance there of kind of showing it from the women's perspective of why some of them are like glorifying him so much, but also, you know, not not trying to like humanize him and make him turn out to be a good person because of how awful he was and the awful things he did. Um, but yeah, it was really a good movie. It had some good side characters in it. Uh, John Malkovich was the uh main judge uh for the main trial out of florida uh jim pearson is that parsons uh from parsons from big bang Theory. sheldon cooper uh <laughs> sheldon cooper was the uh main lawyer against him trying to you know get him with the death death sentence um but yeah i enjoyed the movie it's not that long of a movie if you guys want to check it out i think it's an hour 50 maybe um on netflix so you know go check it out our combo score uh for that came out to a 73.8 and i realized uh just now realized we forgot to give the long shot combo score that was a 78.5 uh for those who care but um yeah this cracks into it's still we've seen 33 movies this year and this is in the top third of that so it's a it's a really good movie it's been on i thought it'd be uh so definitely i think you should check it out if you like this kind of stuff all right, so that's, that is extremely wicked, shocking, evil, and vile for you. Um, another thing we saw this week was Booksmart. We went to an advanced screening, but we'll be presenting um, our 
review on that the week it comes out, which I believe is May 24th, uh, that weekend. Um, and we'll do that then, but just spoiler alert, it is a really good movie. Um, anyway, we're going to send it over to an advertisement real fast. And then once we come back, we'll have our top five Seth Rogen movies slash TV shows. All right, time for our top five of the week. Um, Generally, yes, we do a top ten. We have decided, you know, as we've done in the past, for directors, actors, actresses, all that stuff, we'll end up doing top five. It is a little difficult to do top tens for um, many actors, actresses, and directors. So to make it a little bit easier, we're going to do a top five. Um, and top five Seth Rogen movie slash TV shows. And as usual, Brian, go ahead and get us started. All right. Yeah. At first, I was worried that I thought we were going to do a top 10 because it's like I've seen like a 15 or so Seth Rogen movies, but then probably only like six or seven of them I like actually would enjoy enough to put into the list. So the rest would be fillers. So I'm glad we decided on doing five. Uh, my number five for this list um, is the interview uh, movie with him and James Franco, you know going to North Korea to interview Jim Kong butchered his name already anyway uh very funny movie you know I think Rogan and James Franco do a really good job together um which I mean they've been working together since the late 90s um and stuff uh enjoyable movie uh what's it uh a lot of controversy around it with uh North Korea uh threatening us about releasing the movie and stuff um but uh yeah i enjoy the movie the interviews there at number five for me all right number five for me um quick honorable mentions i guess um i didn't want to include it because he was only in six episodes but um the league is in there when he played dirty randy um and the interview i don't really want to put it as an honorable mention i'm kind of surprised it's on yours i didn't really enjoy that one all that much um outside of that you know obviously got to put the green hornet in there just kidding that movie was awful uh but knocked up is also um an honorable mention for me so number five i have the night before um also starring anthony mackie and joseph gordon levitt uh, kind of about the night before um, Christmas and stuff like this. Um, trying to find a Christmas party and all this various stuff. Three really good actors in it. Um, and it's really funny. Um, I, it's not necessarily one of his more known movies. It is a little bit more recent as well. Um, so go seek it out if you haven't seen it. All right. Um, number four for me on the list is Neighbors, a movie with uh, Zach Efron, which you mentioned earlier. Um, I never saw the second one, but the first one is, uh, pretty funny, you know, with the husband and wife have the, uh, fraternity next door that causes a bunch of trouble. Really funny. Great. You know, uh, Seth Rogen and Efron work really well together and Seth Rogen does a really good job with Rose Byrne. Really funny movie. So that's my number four. There's neighbors. All right. Number four for me, the one we saw this past week, I have Longshot playing Fred Flarsky. I'll take every opportunity possible to say that name. Um, not, much, not much else I'm going to say about it, but that's number four for me. All right. Number three for me, uh, which is the reason why we included TV shows on this list, is Freaks and Geeks. Um, had the one season back in was it 2000 or whatever, uh, which is where you had him. James Franco, uh, some of the humor was kind of ahead of its time. Uh, I think like it would have, if it would have been made later on, it could have got more seasons than just the sole season it was. But a uh, bunch of guys in high, bunch of high school students, uh, pretty funny and actually tackled some good storylines and stuff. So Freaks and Geeks is number three for me. All right, number three. He didn't have a major role in it. Uh more of a smallerish role, uh, more of a supportive role, but number three for me is super bad playing officer Michaels, uh, next to Bill Hader's character, which is also a police officer, um, his co-officer, um, really funny movie overall. One that I'm sure a lot of people have seen. And if you haven't definitely seek it out. Uh, but yeah, like I said, he's in more of a smaller role, but, uh, as he's trying to find, um, McLovin, couldn't remember the name for, for that bit there um after mclovin gets kind of knocked in the teeth and stuff so 
Um, Superbad is number three for me. All right. Number two for me is Long Shot, a movie that we saw this week. I won't say much else, but uh, he did a great job playing Fred Flarsky. And uh, we talked about it earlier. It was a funny movie. He did a good job. It was Fred Flarsky. Fun name to say. (laughs) All right. Number two for me. um, This was a little bit difficult for me to do one and two because I love both of these movies pretty equally. But number two for me is Pineapple Express. It is, in my opinion, the peak stoner comedy out there. Um, not really Seth Rogen related. We were going to do top 10 funniest scenes. Um, and one of them is from this movie. It's the opening scenes with Bill Hader, um, in it, but that, uh, we'll save that for another time. But outside of that, I mean, the, the movie is hilarious with, um, Rogen and James Franco as the leads, uh, Danny McBride in a supporting role, um, as well as several other, uh, I think Gary Cole as the bad guy, um, hilarious movie um kind of all about obviously smoking weed and stuff but uh super enjoyable um love it number two for me all right and number one for me as you mentioned earlier super bad yeah he had a supporting role in it but i mean he and bill Hader were great together the cops they were hilarious um adding to a really funny uh good movie um not much else i'll say about it but i that's my favorite role of Seth Rogen, so I'll put it there, number one. All right, number one for me here, um, and a movie I think I saw like twice, I think, in theaters when it came out. Uh, this is the end, uh, playing himself, um, where him and all of his friends, James Franco, Jay Baruchel, Craig Robinson, all of them, Michael Sarah, everyone's themselves. Um, it's based essentially in real life with all these people. Rihanna's in it as well. Um, as they try to survive the end of the world. Um, and I, the movie itself is so ridiculous and hilarious to me. Um, cameos, small cameos from Emma Watson in it, um, as she tries to kill them, uh, as they, you know, try to survive and survive the devil and get called to heaven, essentially, uh, <laughs> by doing good deeds. Uh, one of definitely my favorite Seth Rogen movies, probably, but, um, that is number one for me. Uh, seek it out if you haven't. It's really entertaining. And that is my top five. Flarsky. Fred Flarsky. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's our episode for for everyone this week. Um, pretty simple stuff. We'll be back next week with Detective Pikachu, which I'm stoked for. Hey-o. And also The Hustle, I believe, uh, we'll get around to as well um outside of that brun you got any parting words for everybody uh not movie related i was gonna bring up the red sox but i won't do that to you why okay red sox are back we've destroyed the white Sox this weekend and it's great to see them back in their world series championship form that's enough of you uh did you mute me what did you like mute <laughs> yeah me? i did can, you can do that yeah I hold what? I hold all the power. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. oh wow, I had no idea you could yeah. do that. That's not I cool. hold all I hold I hold the infinity gauntlet, bruh. Um Oh jeez. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, good for the Red Sox. Um Yeah, I mean nothing really else on my end. Super excited for Detective Pikachu. I took the opportunity when we were waiting for, for Endgame to start to get my ticket. I'm ready. Thursday, 6.50 or 6.40 or 6... I don't remember the time exactly, but I'll be butt in the seat ready for that. Super stoked. Um, outside of that, I really don't have anything else. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. Give us five stars. Subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Um, and find us on our social media pages um, listed in the description here on the podcast. Um, everybody, have a great week. Bide my tongue, bide my time. Wearing a warning sign. Wait till the world is mine. Visions I vandalize. Cold in my kingdom size. Fell for these ocean You should see me in the crowd I'm gonna run, there's nothing to Watch me make them bow One bite, one bite
tell me which one is worse Living or dying first Sleeping inside a Sound. Watch me make a bow. 